and uh, are recording and publishing treated differently in South Africa by South African law? Are there different laws for traditional publishing, say television and radio, in terms of loss of reputation in the form of defamation? Um, would I have a claim if I was filmed doing something that damaged my reputation, even if the video was recorded l- legally? You know, uh, Kevin, just before, you know, I, you know, I, I'll get you in line. I used to do photography and um, for a very long time. And there was a time when uh, uh, I, w- I was a, a press photographer it was, uh, during the 80s. And uh, during the state of emergency, I was a journalist. And in those days, we ran around with cameras and shoved cameras in everybody's faces and, and just photographed anything from violence to people sitting on, this, on their porches. But these days, uh, people are becoming much more aware of their privacy and, and people feel violated. Share some of your thoughts with us on all these issues. It's, it, there's so much of it. Uh, where do we start? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, there, there is a lot of it, and uh, you've asked you've asked a lot of uh, a lot of different questions, a lot of very pertinent questions, mm-hmm. um, and there are there are a lot of different ways to answer them. Um, uh, the I think the biggest uh, the biggest one uh, that you're talking about really is the uh, the the loss of um, or the damage to someone's reputation, the damage to someone's dignity in the form of defamation or uh, invasion of privacy. Um, you touched on things there about sort of uh, indirect and direct communication. Those are those are definitions from the RICA Act. Uh, I can I can refer to them as well uh, in my answer, but I, that, that, that's not the main sort of concern uh, in what you're describing, really. Right. And the the main issue here is that um, there isn't really one whole there isn't one single law that deals with this um and uh, arguably arguably we don't really want one because the the legal landscape uh is is changing always quickly uh, sorry not the legal landscape the the real world landscape changes very very quickly what people regard as being right or what technology allows us to do that changes very quickly the legal sort of uh, way of dealing with things, uh, the laws that apply, those change very, very slowly. And um, secondly, the more you legislate, the more inflexible things become. And arguably, you don't really want that because it's the nature of our existence as humans to be sort of flexible and the nature of personality rights like dignity and reputation to, to be flexible things, things that I regard as an invasion of my privacy might not be things that you regard as an invasion of your privacy. So uh, as soon as you put out laws to say that X, Y, Z is is allowed and ABC is not allowed, then it might be detrimental to you and beneficial to me. So the law likes to to be flexible in that regard. But... um, the the main sort of uh, legal frameworks that we do have um, in South Africa that apply really are um, the Constitution and uh, the Common Law. There are a couple of acts that apply as well, like uh, the Regulation of Interception of Communications Act, that RICA, um, which allows you as a personal individual to uh, record a conversation that you're a part of uh, without necessarily having the consent of the other party to that conversation. So is that, is that across the this. country, or does it vary from state, sorry, uh, province to province? No, it's uh, it's it's across the country. Um, so, so as long as one person knows, uh, or, as they put in, sorry, in the US is as long as in some states, as long as one person gives permission for the recording, then it's legal. 
Yeah, so so that's uh, that's another thing to be to be aware of in in all of these discussions. The, the law that applies is going to be different uh, depending on who's involved. So, if I'm on a Skype call with someone in uh, Florida, they might argue that I'm breaching their law if I'm recording mm. and haven't got their consent. But from a South African perspective, I'm not breaching the law. So there we got to fight as to which sort of jurisdiction applies which which law do we use and they would probably argue that theirs applies we would argue that ours applies and that's that's a whole entirely different question for a different branch of um of of law um Mm. and but you're right i mean there are certain states in the u.s that have um one party uh one party recording or one party consent and there are um other states that have, require two party consent uh, in order to record things right um you- i would not be able to advise you as to as to which is which unfortunately no it's 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 it, it's a mangle of of laws uh, in in if if you start thinking about state to state laws let me just remind yeah. our listeners that we have kevin hull uh, an attorney from the law firm uh, from a, you know, with from a law firm with us on the on the line, you can call us at zero two one four four six zero five six seven. Drop us a WhatsApp message if you have any questions on zero seven two five six seven one five six seven. We want to hear from you, and you can tweet us at Cape Talk. Kevin, let me let me ask you this: If you're in a public space, if you're on the street, is there anything? Can you be prevented or is there any law that prevents you from taking a photograph of someone or a recording of someone? So that's that's also it's it's quite a difficult question to answer because of the um, the inherent flexibility that I spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, really, the thing that's the thing that would apply over here is that it's firstly, as a as a blanket, I would argue that you're generally allowed to, but um, the the results are what you're going to have to look at. So in right. in the um, in South African common law, there there is a there is how would I I want to I want to phrase it as simply as possible, but there's a claim that you can make as a as a plaintiff um, called the actio injuriarum which is essentially a legal argument that you bring at court to say that someone has uh, infringed on my personality rights, be it dignity or um, uh, reputation as, as the two main ones that we're talking about. And there are a couple of things that you'd need to prove in doing this. And uh, those things would be um, that there is conduct that caused harm and that conduct was wrongful and um, that the person that uh, took that action uh, is at fault, um, and there are a couple of uh, very technical legal sort of definitions of all of these things. But um, the idea, the main idea, really, is uh, a question of of wrongfulness and and fault. So, in your example, if I'm standing on the side of the road and I'm taking a photo of you having your lunch outside your building. Um, the question there is, is that action wrongful? And um, a lot of the defenses that you have to things like defamation or invasion of privacy, um, one of the main ones says uh, that it is uh, truth in the public interest. 
Now, mm. the thing that is very important here is that you mustn't you mustn't confuse uh, things that the public might find interesting for things that are in the public interest. So, if I see um, a cop kill a bystander, that's definitely in the public interest because they need to know that this is a person who's supposed to be a law enforcement officer um, that is not doing their duty. Um, if I see, uh, if you take a photograph of me with a, uh, I don't know, it's, let's say a woman that is not my wife, um, then that might not necessarily be in the public interest unless I was a politician, for instance, that uh, was very much about uh, the nuclear family and faithfulness and things like that. So, oh, so that, that's a good uh, distinction between what's, what is interesting what the public might find interesting and what's in the public interest that's you know that's yeah. very well cleared up there but let me let me make this a little bit more difficult for you uh sure. unintentionally so at what point do we decide something something is sensitive um because we're, we're going towards ethics now and you know and more, yeah. more, more morality and, and this is this is another instance of of that whole um, case by case flexibility thing of of the courts, and it it really would it really would depend on uh, on the nature of of the thing individually. So, um, one of the one of the things that would get uh, looked at in the in the court regarding uh, whether or not something is interesting um, or truth in the public interest is is it a newsworthy event. Um, what is the extent of the violation of the privacy? Uh, did I use a telephoto lens to get straight into your apartment to watch you eating your your uh, your bacon sandwich? Um, and uh, and that is very sensitive to you because uh, your family doesn't uh, eat pork and they dislike uh, the fact that you are now doing it or something like that. Right. Um, uh, what is the what is the motive behind uh, behind the act? Did I did I do it specifically to harm you? Um, if I mean, there, there's one uh, one aspect of it that I find quite uh, quite interesting myself is um, is this idea of the plaintiff, uh, so the victim in this instance, the subject of the photograph or the or the video or the tweet or something. No. It's their exposure. Of that of their their private lives right. to the public and and them risking that exposure that risking them in, that infringement sorry right so if I'm acting silly or something like that um, you you mentioned the, the the woman in the parking area or the the, the petrol station right. um, there is is it's it's more likely that it would be okay to um, allow that um, because she's out in public. Uh, where she knows that people will see her, um, but if it's if it's late at night, there's no one around, or she's in her own uh, parking area, then it, the closer to the person, the closer to the person's private life, the more sensitive that is. Mm. If I'm having a very private conversation with my wife in the corner of Woolworths because I'm having a mental breakdown because uh, my jeans aren't fitting or something like that, right. um, yes, it's it's in the public, but I'm maybe trying to do what I can to uh, to try and limit 
the public seeing me. I'm sitting in a corner, I'm hiding my face or something. If you then take a photo of me, it's more likely that I could have a claim against you for an invasion of my privacy because I'm, I'm at least trying to, to make it a personal event. Yeah, well, that's a, as you know, you've described an empirical event there, but it, that is a philosophical point that, that we have to emphasize that, you know, I can't help or I can't program when I'm going to feel hurt. Do I feel mm. hurt only in my in the comfort of my home, or do I feel hurt and upset uh, at Woolworths? You know, you can't you can't you can't script that. We can't script our feelings. So exactly. I, I think that's that's that what that point uh, brings. Um, but uh, Kevin, th- th- there's something I touched on briefly, and and I th- and it brings up a question. Um, you know, th- there's a lot to discuss here, but. Are there um, hmm, laws or are there rules or are there conventions that make it possible for a journalist and a news photographer to go around for taking photographs of people and me with my cell phone? Um. Are you saying is there a distinction between yeah, a news journalist yeah. and a private individual taking photos? Correct. Um, I okay. So this is an area. This is not an area that I've that I've delved, delved too deeply in. Right. So I, I stand under under correction here, but um, I would say that it's it's largely the same mm. um, considerations that that would apply. Um, it's likely that a journalist might have uh, more uh, a greater ability to justify their actions as being lawful because they are in pursuit of uh, things that are in the public interest but if if you're a if you're a private individual and I'm a journalist and we both take the same photo of my neighbor in their underwear um through their through their bathroom window, I really don't think that a journalist would be able to say, "Oh, but I'm a journalist. This is right. this is something that that I'm allowed to do, but um, uh, but a private individual is not." Um, so yeah, for the the as I say, I stand under correction, but my my no. my main feeling, based on what it is that I do know, is is that they would be treated largely the same. I think uh, something that just came to me, so this is unscripted. I I was witness to a burglary while I was studying in London, and it was in a back alley, and I whipped out my camera, and I photographed the the burglary. It was just a this this thing in London called a ram raid. I don't know what you know, if you know what it is. It's essentially. Um, you, you you back your car up into the the win, uh, window of a, a shop, and you sm- basically smash the window, and then you just load everything that's on display in the back of your car, and then you drive off. Now it's it's usually uh, it, there's usually a lot of um, a lot of insults that go with it. It's basically when teams from the north come and play in London, you know, there it's their fans that do it because they get onto the, the you know the A4 or whatever it is, and they they're out of the way. Um, but I realized then, I didn't make the pictures public, but I realized then, taking arbitrary photographs of people, you also, the photographer places her or himself in, in danger as well, because people can retaliate. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the, 
Yeah, um, I mean, not not only from the from the fact that um, there's the there's a potential claim against you uh, regarding defamation and and invasion of privacy. I mean, if you if you put it out there on social media and your name is associated with it, then uh, then it could backfire hugely um, on you if you if you think that you're you're doing something that is in the public interest and and it's not, and and then you're vilified in, instead of the person that you were you were trying to to point at. Um, I think in a situation like a like a robbery or something like that, it's it's probably um, it will probably fall under one of those one of those exemptions or defenses that you could raise about it being in the public interest. But then the the other thing to bear in mind then is what is the framing of the thing that you're taking a video of? Mm. I mean, if if you're taking a, a video of an assault um, and you only get the second guy swing. And not the person who started the fight. Then, from the perspective of who, of anyone watching that video, they're going to think that the second person involved right. is the one who started it, and mm. uh, that that could in itself be uh, it could twist the narrative and uh, cause harm just in in that way. You might think that you're doing um, a good, but you're actually not. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, we uh, just uh, if you could just hold on to on the line for a minute. We have a voice note that we'd like to play for you, and perhaps uh, you know you have something to say with that. But let me remind our our listeners that uh, we have Kevin Hull, the uh, legal a lawyer on the line, um, to give us to, and we're discussing the pitfalls of social media and photographing people in public or in private, and what our, our rights and wrongs are. And you can call us at 021-446-0567. Drop us a WhatsApp message at 072-567-1567. We want to hear from you. Good evening. Very nice program you have. But on social media, uh, you have closed chat groups in South Africa. There are quite a couple. It means it is not you need to subscribe to it. And normally, when you subscribe to it, there's a cost involved. It gets deducted of your airtime. And such sites have a moderator or they have a help desk. And if anybody says anything bad about you, it's the help desk. But they don't accept responsibility anymore. They use public indemnity. They hide behind that. So... You can use the Protection from Harassment Act because the Protection from Harassment Act has got a clause in electronic service provider must provide details. It's called a chat record. Facebook has it. If you delete a post on Facebook, if you post defamatory stuff, Facebook has a copy on their system. The same with Twitter, the same with Snapchat and a whole lot of them. The only problem is... Twitter is an American company, so you need to file in a federal court for a copy, and that can be a bit of a problem. So yes, it has its pitfalls, it has its advantages, but if you read what goes on Twitter, people tweet it, then they say, oh, sorry, I was making a joke. Right. Thank you very much, Frederick, and uh, Strand for that. Um, Kevin, do you have any thoughts on, on that? Yeah, well, um, there's there's a lot to there's a lot to actually pick out over there as well. Um, the yeah, the Protection for Harassment Act is also um, very very important in this regard. But um, the main the main thing for me is that uh, that conversation about closed groups. Right. Um, this is a, something that a lot of people have have uh, difficulty understanding sometimes. 
is um, there's this there's a there's a feeling that when you are in a closed group, if you're if you're doing it just between friends and things like that, you can say whatever you want um, and not have to sort of face any any liability um, or, or risk or anything like that. And that's unfortunately uh, for some people, but fortunately for others, is not true. Um, the the idea really um, when I when I explained to you what the those steps were the the conduct that caused harm that's wrongful and things like that 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 applies across the board and in in terms of defamation law um, all it requires in order for defamation to kick in is for there to be publication so and publication can be me saying it to you it can be me writing it down and delivering it to you or anything like that. As soon as, a, as, a, as, soon as another party hears the defamatory statement about a third party, um, that's publication. And so if you're in a closed group and you say some very nasty, untrue things about Cyril Ramaphosa or something, then that's defamation, um, possibly defamation. It doesn't need to get back to uh, Cyril for it to be, uh, be defamation. Um, and all it really needs to do is it needs to, the, the actual meat of it is that it needs to reduce a person's reputation in the eyes of, um, the, the, the public. Um, and that's very, very broad and very flexible and courts can interpret that in a number of different ways. Um, but the very important thing for a lot of people on social media that they do not understand, and I see this time and again, is that Publication includes things like retweeting or liking or sharing a post. So mm. if I say something that is defamatory and you're a friend of mine on Facebook and you share that post or you like it even, mm. that could be regarded as you being defamatory yeah, as endorsing, well. Endorsing it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that there is a court case in South Africa that has confirmed that. I know that it's been confirmed in, in other jurisdictions, and South Africa would likely follow suit in, in that right. ruling. But, um, yeah, there may be a case that I, that I, that I haven't uh, heard of just yeah. yet. But, Kevin, um, before I thank you for joining us, and uh, it's... it's 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 really um, it it is it's it's opened up so many good opportunities for us, but so many bad as well. Uh, I just want to share a little anecdote with you. I have uh, I'll give you this week's this week uh, past week's experience. Uh, I usually am in touch with various people, and you know it's nothing earth shattering. It might be you, um, but I have actually returned to making phone calls because. I find that as soon as you know, to, to for me to ask you, um, hey Kev, um, uh, what did you do last night? Did you have a good time at um, I don't know what? The, let's name a club, a Greek club. That's actually written down, and you never know where that's going to end up. And and that's why I'd rather just call you and say, you know, hey Kev, how did you go last night? And this is one of the I don't know if it's paranoia. But it's this is one of the concerns that I've I've uh, encountered in recent uh, months. So um, yeah, but uh, so I want to thank you for your time and your insights. Um, yeah, and, it's absolute pleasure. And I you know hope we can have another chat pretty soon. Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm definitely available. And and yes, I 
I agree with the the idea of uh, of, of phone calls and that. But yeah, like, I know it's true. My, my 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 main thing about um, about this this kind of stuff is that it. I mean, even though I don't necessarily need to tell you that I'm recording something, yeah. it's always good to do so. Yeah. And when sharing things online, honestly, the, 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 the main thing that's that the main question you should ask yourself is, is this going to be harming someone or is this going to be uplifting someone? Yeah. I don't know if you saw that video recently about that woman who had um, just got a job. Uh, it did the rounds on, on Twitter recently. Yes. She got a job and she walked into the parking lot and she started dancing. There's no harm that's that's caused there. It's it's a beautiful celebration of of, of joy, um, and if you share stuff like that, fantastic, go for it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, maybe try not to defame anyone if you if you can't can help yeah, it. Especially, you know, I know this is in the U.S. that they um, and and even at immigration, they they actually ask for your social media profiles to go through it. You know, for immigration processes and and various things. So you know. It, it is what it is, as uh, the, some dude said. But thank you for your time. I <laughs> uh, look forward to chatting again at some point.